Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Creative Control with Bish Khan. Hello, here we are again, another one of these shows. Hey, I, I sometimes get some messages from listeners. Thank you for those. I respond to them when I can. That's a weird one. Someone, not weird, I shouldn't say weird. Someone asked if there was any Creative Control merch. Well, that's uh, that's cool. I, I don't have any merch. There's no real money in this. <laughs> So I don't have anything. But maybe I should make some... Should I make merchandise? I don't really... Anyway. Then I got one recently just wondering uh, more about Guelph. And uh, that's a good one. Uh, I talk a lot about Guelph, and yet it's a podcast, so people are listening from places other than Guelph. So I should speak to this. I'm going to speak to this on a future episode. Greg uh, Mastrine, if uh, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. I got your message. I will respond to it shortly. Thank you for the, the question. Um, on this episode, I just want to get to the episode because I'm excited to have Doug Tielli on the program. Doug is a musician based in Toronto, and he's very gifted. He comes from a family of amazing musicians. His brothers uh, Martin and John play in bands or have played in bands. Martin was in Rio Statics, had a solo career, plays in Nick Buzz. John Tielli was in Clark the Band, The Metal Kites. He's got a new thing. Anyway... They're great people. I like them. I respect them. It's great to have Doug on to talk about his new record, Caresley. So let's let's get to that. Let's get to the show. Now. If you love listening to vinyl records but wish you had a better way of storing your collection, check out Records on Walls. This Canadian company has created a sleek, simple framing design with no glass that allows you to quickly and simply display your records. They're easy to install on any surface. They fit double LPs and gatefolds, and each unit sells for as little as 7 bucks. So, if you love your vinyl and want an accessible way of showing it off, check out recordsonwalls.com. (laughs) 
Doug Daly is one of the most captivating and talented musicians in Toronto's underground music community. His work is both innocent and searching, yet completely deliberate and confident in its uncertainty. A multi-instrumentalist who has enriched records by Owen Pallett, the Luyas, Constantines, Sandro Perry, and many more, Tielli has been a key figure in his own lovely off-kilter bands like The Reveries, Drumheller, and The Silt. Tielli's latest album is called Caresley. It's out now via Tin Angel Records, and it brings him to Guelph, Toronto, and Waterloo for select shows in September. Here now to discuss this further is Doug Tielli. Uh, hi, Doug. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Vish? I am very well. It's nice to speak with you. Now, if I understand things correctly, you are somewhere in the Transac, which is a great uh, club slash bar in Toronto. I am in the Southern Cross Lounge. Oh, that's a beautiful. On, that's a beautiful. Lounge. Sitting on the piano bench. <laughs> <laughs> and what what brings you to the Transac today? Well, uh, first, firstly, I'm going to be uh, cleaning the place. Okay. And then uh, in the evening, I'm playing with Drumheller. Oh, nice! That'll be fun. That's great. Is, yeah. This is—is is this like your—is this a, a good Samaritan role, or is this like a job you have? This is my three days a week cleaning job. Oh, that's not—that's not a bad—that's not a bad way to spend your week. I bet. Is it—is it a—is it a generally a dirty, filthy place? It's—it's it's generally dirty, filthy, and I make it uh, a little less dirty. <laughs> <laughs> a little less dirty. No, it's not. It's not dirty or filthy. It's it's uh, very lived in. You've been here. You know what it's like. Oh, many times. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I, I, I I love the transact. I just wondered if uh, on a regular basis, do the clientele make a, make a mess of it? Is what I mean. It, it comes and goes. Yeah. Depends depends if there's been a wrestling event or a, a singer songwriter event. <laughs> right. That's true of most uh, most venues in life. I think. If there's wrestling, messy. If not, fine. Uh, your, yeah. your new record, if I understand things correctly, your new record sort of is the result of you being stuck uh, away from your home in Toronto. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, what is the, what is the meaning behind that? Why, where were you stuck and, and what happened? Well, uh, I went on tour last spring and uh, um, I went to Estonia and... Finland and the UK, and then afterwards, I had about two weeks, and I spent most of them at a friend's house in uh, Caresley, which is a suburb of Coventry, England. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the last, actually, it was two days before, I went into the studio for six hours just to to record some, see what happened, and uh, and then I was supposed to leave. And uh, I got on the bus at 4.30 in the morning. And as I put my bag on the bus, I thought, there's no there's no passport in there. Um, there's no passport. So I grabbed my bag and I brought it on, the, on board the bus just in case. And I got on, we started rolling. I emptied my bag. There was no passport in there. Oh. So... Um, so I uh, asked the bus driver when the next stop was. He said it was in three hours at, at Gatwick. And I said, is there any way you could let me off any earlier? And he uh, he pulled off. He pulled off the road about a half hour outside of Coventry uh-huh. at a gas stop at about 5.30 in the morning at dawn. And uh, uh, And dropped me there. 
troubling and magical moment. And the the attendant of the gas gas station variety store wouldn't open the door. It was locked. And they didn't have internet and I didn't have a phone because I don't have a phone. Uh And uh, so I really didn't know what was going to (laughs) happen. But I was pretty sure I was going to miss my flight. And uh, I asked a couple people who pulled in. There weren't many people pulling in at that time. And eventually a, a man named Ganesh decided to turn around. He was driving the opposite way. He was driving south, and I, and I was needed to go north. He turned around and drove me back to Coventry. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, so, and then I got into Coventry at like 6.30 in the morning or something and waited around the Tin Angel headquarters, which is the record label that is releasing my record, for, uh, well, it actually turned out the yoga teacher. There's a yoga class at the at the the headquarters. So uh-huh. I waited for Peter, the yoga teacher, to show up and let me in. And that was the beginning of a two-month stay over. <laughs> R- rather detailed little story there. No, no, that's a good story. So where <laughs> you found you located your passport, is that right? Uh yeah, for about a for about a week, I think I was just about to like do the official thing and cancel my passport and and get working on making a new one. And uh, I think it was about a week later, and I had I had a dream about my passport. And uh, and I woke up and I was sort of like in half sleep, contemplating my dream. And uh, I remembered where it was. Really. Where, yeah. What, 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 okay. Wait, wait. First of all, what, what hap- <laughs> that's kind of weird. What happened in the dream? In the dream, uh, the, in the dream, in the dream, I, it's a long time ago, and it wasn't that remarkable dream. A dream. It was more like just talking to kind of various officials. I think uh, felt like a bureaucratic dream, like going up to a booth and talking to some people. Uh huh. And uh, getting pushed, sort of pushed, not pushed, but like sent from one person to the next and stuff like that. And just talking to different people about my passport and where it might be and how I might. I think that was the kind of tone of it. But then as I woke up, I I had, uh, I ended up kind of seeing the last time I saw my passport, remembering the moment. And... Uh, and I remembered what happened was after I went to Estonia and, and Finland and came back to Britain, I actually decided to go back to Estonia for a week. So I went traveling with my passport with Rich's bag. And uh, and then when I returned, I remembered being in the bus station and I was like, that was the last time I had my passport. I'd gotten up and uh hope you can edit some of this. No, I'm not editing it. No, this is good. Um, so I, I was at I was in the Manchester bus station, and I was super tired. And uh, I remember taking my passport, which hangs on a little string around my neck, and putting it in uh, in a pocket in the bag. 
and uh, getting up just to walk and leave my bag just because I needed some time away from something on my shoulder and do like I think it bent over and stretched and was kind of mildly paranoid that somebody would steal it. So in my sleep, I was actually pretty sure that somebody had stolen it. That was the that was it. I was like, oh, I remember what happened. I remember that guy. I remember that guy. He was looking and he found, he he was swift and he saw where I put it and he he got it. But really, I remembered where I put the passport and uh, and it was in this little tiny bag, tiny pocket on the end of Rich's bag that both I had checked like the bag two or three times. Rich had checked. Rich's boyfriend Neil had checked. Like. Everybody had checked that bag, but there was this one little pocket. And I just, it sort of, you know, in this, the dream and the waking kind of, I triggered some memory of the whole scene, very vivid sort of remembering of the, the scene of the last time I had touched the passport. Wow. And so, so you basically, based on this dream, you, you found your passport. It was actually where you dreamt it was. It was it was more the uh, the dream didn't show me where it was, but it was the kind of uh, half asleep remembering right. that it prompted that that uh, that did remind me of where it was. Yeah, you're not necessarily saying that dreams come true. You're just saying in this particular instance. <laughs> no, no, dreams don't come true. <laughs> not all, not all of them. I, Although they they seem to have, have either come true in sort of permuted fashions or will come true in permuted fashions later, right? Your the songs on this record, and I mean the music you've made uh, throughout the, the, the music you made that I've heard anyway throughout the last decade or so, uh, has a kind of fuzzy dreamlike quality. Do, do dreams inform your waking life in some way, particularly when it comes to music and writing songs? Um, uh, I think the way that it, not, not exactly. I will, I would say that for some reason while I was away this time, I, I, my dreams were incredible. Like I look, I went to bed like kind of looking forward to like the, the strange, uh, sort of psychedelic paradise I was going to go into every night. Like, it was like, what am I going to learn tonight? They were really kind of, uh, they were meaningful dreams and sort of revelatory dreams. Okay. I don't know. But it, so it was, a, it was a sort of vivid time this particular time. But in general, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I do pay attention to my dreams, but... Does that vividness uh, of your recent uh, years, I suppose, is that informing this particular record and the songs on it? Because it, um, it has a bit of a psychedelic, hyper-real, surreal quality to it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know what it sounds like. <laughs> no, why would you? I mean, it's impossible for you. It's it's stuff. This has all been living in your head, and then you put it out there. I'm telling you, from my perspective, it has this kind of off kilter quality. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, there is one song that I I I wrote in also. I wrote the lyrics in a very dreamlike state. I just there's one on the day. I think it was the day I went to the studio. I just um, 
I woke up and I had been singing the song that didn't have words the whole time, and I just wrote. I just wrote them all straight up, just sort of first thing in the morning. But oh. yeah, and I yeah the song was just drifting around my mind the whole night. So what song is this? It's called "The Big Man of the Underbrush." The Big Man of the Underbrush. See, even yeah. that that it almost sounds like a fairy tale. It is a bit of a fairy tale song. Yeah. <laughs> a, yeah, it's a it's a fairy tale of a sort of like a um um a big man of the underbrush, a big a big sort of it's the tale of a man in the forest, sort of becoming the forest or being consumed by the forest, mm-hmm. and and a witnessing of that sort of like the uh, almost like a fast forwarding of of uh, of a life cycle because i mean we i kind of think we do become the forest eventually but it's like the forest becomes a man and the man becomes the forest within three verses pretty fast <laughs> wow yeah for some reason that reminded me of lord of the rings <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's kind of funny it's yeah funny <laughs> You know your your family history is interesting, and I've never really spoken to either of at least the three. Your 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 two brothers, John and and Martin, obviously have made uh, great music on their own. You're part of this tradition as well. Can you talk a little bit about growing up, Tielli, as it were, and, and and sort of how music informed your upbringing and and your siblings? Um. Yeah, so I'm I'm the youngest, and uh, I'm considerably younger in a way. I'm ten years younger than Martin, and seven years younger than John. Um, John and I actually shared a room until I was probably fifteen, and he was twenty-two. Oh wow! Um, so John was at and, home until he was twenty-two, or yeah. Oh, and and Martin was in and out of our home until he was like 25. He's sort of like in and out between his probably 21 and 25. And he was, he would live, he lived in the basement. So uh, the sort of picture I can paint is that, well, I, I just listened a lot. Basically I was so much younger than John that I just listened to what he had as like a, you know, a seven-year-old, and he was 14, starting to buy stuff and buy music and play music. I would just sort of hang out with him and play along and sing along. And that continued for a long time. And uh, Martin would be downstairs playing along uh, with Neil Young often on an electric guitar until my mother... uh, either pulled her hair out or yelled at him to turn it down very classic and and uh he would of course turn it up right <laughs> right of course just to be clear he was playing around with neil young records not with neil young no no neil young was not at my house okay just just want to <laughs> clarify that yeah. and, and your mom wasn't scolding neil young to turn down no no, no. okay that's fair darn Darn. <laughs> Darn that dream. No. Another, another <laughs> dream. So, 
<laughs> okay, so you, and in terms of the instrumentation, I mean, I know Martin and John primarily as, I guess, primarily as guitarists, singers, songwriters. What what direction did you take? Sorry, can you say that again? Oh, I was saying that I know Martin and, and John primarily as guitarists and, and singers and songwriters. I know they play other instruments, but that's what they're yeah. kind of known for. What what direction did you take as a musician, as an instrumentalist? Um, well, I guess it's, uh, I started playing trombone when I was fairly young uh, in school, and then, um, yeah, I kind of followed that along, and I, I feel like it just sort of accumulated things as I went along. I also started playing guitar at that time, but I I did it kind of as an accompaniment to watching uh, uh, sitcoms on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I just would play with my thumb for it seemed like a long time before I actually started playing it correctly and yeah and then it and just sort of hung around I took and then I took piano lessons classical piano lessons through my teenage years and uh, I picked up the cello for a while I was doing my first improvised music gigs were actually on cello and uh yeah, I've accumulated things. Banjo, musical saw, sort of uh, some nose flute with the reveries, you know, yeah. audit, oddities, garbage. So it was sort of a, it started with trombone officially. I mean, it really started with singing, like uh, both singing along with my mother as a kid and singing along with my brother John, who would play Rush songs and I would sing along with him. I'd be Getty Lee, he could be. Alex Lifeson, <laughs> and uh, and but yeah, the instruments were trombone and then guitar and piano. Well, you, the three of you are, are very idiosyncratic uh, musicians and players, um, and it, so it's you know it's impossible to suggest even commonality between you. You all have your own unique styles, but I think that there's an underlying. I don't want to say oddness because I don't want to insult anyone, but there's an underlying kind of specialness about the three of you. And I don't know if you are objective enough to kind of view it that way, but do you, do you understand what I'm saying? There's just, there's something very unique, you're very talented people, but there's some kind of unique aspect to your approach to your individual approaches to music that I can't, I've never been able to put my finger on. Um, Do you have any sense of that? Do you have any sense of where the kind of adventure uh, in in music comes from within within the three of you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, it's a bit hard to be objective. Yeah, yeah. That um, I mean, I, some of the people I play with or have played with also seem pretty pretty odd. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really feel like I'm that odd anymore. Sure. sure. Well, I don't. Yeah. I don't think you're odd. I know I said that I sort of <laughs> implied you might be odd, but I don't. I don't necessarily think you're odd. But I do think that you, you definitely like the th- you stick out, and I and I think that's it's great. But I, I'm just curious where it comes from because I don't. It doesn't seem conscious. It just seems like you're kind of unconsciously just doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any of us uh, are trying to. Yeah, it doesn't feel. It doesn't. It just. It doesn't feel self-conscious in in that like we're trying to be different or anything like that. Mm. Um, do you do you, do you know Anai? I don't. No, I don't. 
she's a she's a really amazing uh, singer and songwriter, and it's but it's she's so so odd. And I remember hearing that. I remember hearing Don Kerr, who recorded her, say um, that she thought she was going to be big like Madonna. Like she thought she was making pop music, but she was playing on a detuned acoustic guitar and singing in four octaves within one song. <laughs> you know, yeah. But she she didn't know. You know, she was just giving it her all. Right, and and sometimes, yeah. sometimes you don't know. You're just doing things, and people have to tell you. And I'm not I'm not here to be the one to tell you that you might be odd, <laughs> but it has. A, I, I, <laughs> I've, I've I've caught that drift. <laughs> no, I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say. I just I, I'm I'm a great. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Since two thousand thirteen, Bombas has donated over one hundred million socks, underwear, and T shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over one thousand one hundred and fifty seven days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. That's bombas. dot com slash acast code acast. Admirer of all of you, I've collaborated with with your brother John, and and I, you know, it's nothing untoward. I just, I, it's something that it strikes me. I mean, I think yeah. when we're not speaking to any of you, friends and I will say, yeah, those TLEs are a little, they're they're kind of odd, <laughs> and that's just the way it is. There's nothing. There's no. I mean, it's like a, it's an intriguing kind of oddness. It's not off putting. It's just like they're really gifted and talented people, and they seem to be drawn to the odd parts of the world and I, I i like it i'm just curious if you have any insight about it so i appreciate you even fielding the question yeah well i, I if i ever get some insight i'll give you a call sure sure <laughs> how about this what is your perception of your brothers like in terms of the music they make and, and their sort of way of being like what kind of impression does that make on you as, as the youngest um Growing up with them, or now, or yeah, let's well the whole kit and caboodle. Let's growing up with them is one thing, but yeah, even wow. even now. Um, well, growing up with them, I, I admired the hell out of them. Like they were the best. Uh, my, and and uh, in terms of musical education, like I, in a, in a way, I I feel like I just I learned through communicating with my especially with John because uh we were quite close even though he was 7 years older than me I as he was writing songs I just it's like these are the these are amazing songs like I just I loved my big brother I admired my big brother and he did stuff and I thought it was uh so cool and then when I started hearing the Rio Statics like I was just like stunned I was just like wow this is the best. Nice. And uh, I really, yeah, really, that was really inspiring. And 
and uh, sort of, yeah, su- surprising in a way, you know, it was like a window into into Martin's world, which he was a little bit like uh, secretive or hard to, hard to, hard to, like we weren't that, it was hard to get close to him as I was growing up. Yeah. So it was like suddenly there was this whole window into, into his world and it was, it was just, it was really exciting and beautiful. Hmm. And, uh, and then I, you know, I played with John for five years as a youngster, like from when I was 16 to 21, we were in a band called People from Earth. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I think through that I got over. I sort of grew up quite a bit, and I think by the end I needed to sort of differentiate myself and realize that I had something to do that was different than what he had to do. So I feel like there was a point at which I sort of veered in a different direction or tried to find my own my own direction. Right. And uh, sort of similarly, like like I thought, I like the rheostatics were the best thing for me for quite a while until I just sort of, I think I kind of split off when I started doing a lot of free improvisation and just getting into a, a kind of music that they weren't involved with. Mm-hmm. And I sort of was like, yeah, that's good, but it has... I felt like I I wanted to go somewhere else. Right. Okay. That that makes yeah. I, that makes sense to me. Did you when you hung out with your friends growing up and maybe with their families? Did you did you have a sense that your family was you know normal? Did it did it feel <laughs> unusual in any way? Is this is this a therapy? No, <laughs> no, no. It is. It's just an interview. But it, I'm just I, I I'm just trying to get at the heart of uh, my earlier question, which I. Yeah. I feel like I handled clumsily, and now I'm feeling more confident. I was going to let it go, but now yeah. I, I'm just curious. Now I'm feeling like we've hit our stride, and I, this is the last time I'm going to ask you about it. But I, I, I'm just curious. Like, do you? Because I, 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 and I don't want to talk about me. So let's just talk about you. I, what, what did you think? Did you think that uh, everything was cool? Everything was normal? First of all, I commend your tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um. Uh. I don't know. It it was um like you know, I probably came upon like the rheostatics probably made a mark on my life when I was still in like grade 6 or something. So suddenly and and even before that like I was singing along with my brother. It was sort of like my friends were listening to like hip hop and or, or early rap or something. It was like like I'm it was what time of year? What year? That was like the 80s, late 80s, you know. And I was like a preteen, so like it was just a kind of. I just felt like I didn't really, I didn't really relate to what they were excited about, and I was relating to something that was actually a lot closer to. It was very close, closer to me. Is like people that I knew were doing stuff. People that not only I knew were, but were my brothers were, were doing stuff. So it was a, I felt um, somehow separate from 
from the mass culture. Okay. I was I didn't really relate to it. I'm gonna just go outside. Colin's checking some mics here. Oh, that's fine. Transac is busy all all hours of the day, pretty much. There. Yeah. So it was kind of like I I did feel like. I mean. Yeah, we were. I felt like we were different in a way. I felt I felt different than my my friends. Uh, sort of separated from mainstream um, culture. Okay. No. Yeah. Uh, Doug, you you're breaking up slightly since you moved outside. Uh, okay. I just want you to. Are you on a cordless phone or something? I'm on a cordless phone. I'll uh, I'll undo. You you yeah. might want to go closer to the uh, antenna. How about? I'm just back where I was. Yeah, that's fine. Be good. That's fine. He wasn't really bleeding through anyway. A few years ago, it seemed to me that you actually quit music. I heard tell that you were quitting music. Is that right? When was this? Well, I think it may have coincided with the end of the silt, but I may be wrong about this. Yeah. Is that, Am I wrong? Am I right? Um, you're, you're a version of right. I'm a version of right. Okay. You're a version of right. Did you, well, did, you did you actually give serious consideration to just not playing anymore? Um, I th- I think uh, it was a time when I I felt like I just needed to to put a break on all, a lot of the things that I was doing mm. and wanted to try something else. And I wanted to leave the city, and it just felt like okay, I have to quit all my bands. And what and what city did you make uh, your way to? Uh, I made it out west, uh, not to any city, but um, yeah, it didn't it didn't work out very well. Hmm. Yeah. So you came back, and then at some point, how many records have you released since that period? <laughs> since that period, uh, probably like. I don't know, quite a bunch. Yeah, that's what I, I was wondering about it, because you seem to... I'd heard... This is what I wanted to ask you about, because you and I never spoke about this, but I heard, yeah, he's just quitting. He's quitting all his bands, and he's just leaving it all behind. And I was like, why? That's such a... That seems so sad. I mean, I was a fan of your work, and then then you were back, and you seem very prolific. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been... It's been, uh, like, I think there's been a couple Drumheller records, both my solo records. Uh, probably, well, recently there was a dra- Draperies record. and Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff since then. So you're, it's just just the natural course of uh, your life, basically. There's, it, no, there's no method to it. There was no method to it. I mean, it was just... Yeah, it was like I wanted I wanted a shift and and uh and it it the the un un uh, the well, how do I say, call it um forces of nature <laughs> <laughs> forces which, of, yeah which uh, which were not so kind to me I'll, in We'll leave it at that. We're not so kind to me. The forces of nature called on me to uh, to uh, leave my leaving behind behind. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and come back and sort of pick up things that I had been trying to stop doing. So that's sort of what felt like happened. Like it felt a little bit out of my control. Something just 
compelled you almost against your will to come back and make music? Yeah. Was it a dream? Huh. It would be nice if it were. <laughs> be a nice way to wrap things up, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. <laughs> well, you've got these shows coming up in Guelph, Toronto, and Waterloo. Uh, what else is uh, next for you, Doug? You're very prolific. You're always busy. What's going on? Um, well, I'm going to try to... There's hopefully going to be a few more cropping up uh, around this, around here. Like, I'm talking to people in Aurelia, Kingston, and Montreal, and Trois-Rivières. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a little... I'm not a super tourer, so, but I'm going to try to do a, a gaggle of shows and uh, thinking about getting over to the UK too, but I don't know if, if that will happen. Your record label is based in the UK, right? Yeah. So they, they would probably want you to come over? They would, they would like that very much. You should, but, uh, you should go. Yeah, it's, just, you, you... I, it's just a matter of uh, getting the, the right, the right uh, like just making sure I'm not going to lose money going over there right 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 and do you have a, a band configuration or are you primarily playing by yourself uh i'm i'm gonna play with a band yeah it's uh going to be uh bass drums trombone who isn't me and saxophone oh. and myself what are you actually playing i'm gonna play guitar and sing and maybe piano and sing okay and can you yeah. share who else is in the band or is it uh, up in the air it's uh, Raphael Roter, Chris Adriance, Bea Labikova, and Heather Seger. Oh, okay. Well, to my ear, these are names I'm not used to seeing playing with you, but I'm, maybe I'm... Yeah. Uh, these, they're kind of... They're, they're, they're different people, yeah. Well, that's good. You're, you're, you're expanding your horizons. Yeah. And, uh, and there might be... I've, I've done a little bit of... Uh, there's another group that's a, an all vocal and percussion group, which is, which has, which I might do some shows with, which has people you might have heard me playing with, which is Tom, Tom Gill, Felicity Williams, Alex Samaras, Ryan Brower, and Raphael Roter again. Okay, cool. Is there a name for that ensemble? Uh, we we played under Doug Tilly Icon Arimo. Oh. Yeah. What does that mean? Spanish. Uh, no, I know it's, it's Spanish. I'm not. A, I could tell it was Spanish. <laughs> I just is there is there a horse in there? What was that? I didn't. I, I didn't catch that. Is it an Italian horse? Is that what you said? Nope. Okay, you tell me what it, I, I misheard. It's a. It's a, from a, a poem by John of the Cross, which is called uh, the. It's just called Sinarimo Icon Arimo. Mm -hmm. And uh, the translation I first read was with and or without and with mainstay. This word mainstay was very peculiar to me. Mm. So I, and also the poem is is just really really beautiful and felt uh, reminiscent of a uh, of one of the songs on my record, which. The the lyrics he just, is this, this poem just seemed to say what I was trying to say, I, in my estimation, quite a bit more eloquently than I had, and uh, so I looked into, I looked into it, and uh, it was a it's sort of an archaic word. I've talked to some Spanish people uh, about the word arimo, and it's 
it kind of means um, in the shelter of. Right. It's like uh, in the in the warmth of a flame, or under the shelter of a tree, or with the protection of your un- of an of a caring uncle. So it's um, arimo is like a sort of presence of protection, and so the title would sort of more be uh, uh, with without this presence of protection and with this presence of protection. Oh, I see. Okay. And, and I mean, the catch-all for that is mainstay. Yeah, that's the way this one one poem had it. Huh. That's right. Yeah. That's quite Called interesting. Mainstay, which I thought was a, which was a nice word, too, in my feeling about it. It was like mainstay being something that just doesn't leave, mm-hmm. something that's loyal. Right, right. That's interesting. So, yeah. Well, that's very lovely. Well, I appreciate the explanation. I want to let uh, people listening know that Doug Tielli's latest album is called Caresley. It's it's out now via Tin Angel Records, and it brings him to Guelph on September 20th for a show at Silence. September 26th, he's in Toronto at the Transac, and September 29th, he's in Waterloo at the Jane Bond. More dates uh, are to come, and you can get uh, more information about all of these things at tinangelrecords.co.uk. Uh, Doug, as long as I said everything correctly there, I think we can move ahead and, and wrap this up. But before we do, is there a song that we can play from your new record uh, that people can hear? For sure. Uh, any one of them. Uh, perhaps, I think the first one's pretty great. You just want to hear the so, first song? First song. No, no why, why did that uh, come to mind? Why does that come to mind? Um, Waterfalls is the name of that song. That's right. And, uh, I, I just think it's a pretty exciting song. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised that I found it, you know, so, uh, I like it to introduce it to people. All right. That's yeah. fair enough. Here it is. This is Waterfalls by Doug Tealy. Doug, it's uh, always a pleasure to speak to you, and this may have been uh, the most revealing chat you and I have ever had, and I appreciate yes, it. it. I, I, I just want to say thanks. Thank you, Vish.
Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast 
on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.